Hello and welcome into American Hammers Radio. This is episode seven with your host, Kyle from the Fresno Irons, and the one, the only, the curly-headed master himself, the Zach Attack. How are you today, Zach? I am good. It finally feels like fall around here and outside of D.C., which I am thankful for. I'm sick of 90 degrees. Well, I'm glad you're doing well because I'm not doing well. Um, as you all know, we just played a match against Aston Villa. And with a win, Zach, a simple win, we could have gone all the way up to third place. If we would have won by 13 goals, we could have gone second. So then I think we need to understand that that was on the table. We had to win by 13 goals for it to happen. Um and uh, we ended up with a draw, typical West Ham fashion, an opportunity to slingshot up the table. We didn't take it. But the question is raised, Zach, because we all knew that Mike fucking Dean was the ref in that game. And it went a 0-0 draw. Um, I think we uh, saw Fabianski play absolutely magical. We had a couple of opportunities, but none of them looked great. We'd get down into that final third or into their 18, and it seemed like we always made the wrong pass. Uh, Nobody really stood out for me, Zach, to be honest with you. Um, And then, as Mike Dean has to do, he read cards Arthur Masuaku, and I think the 60th minute was when it went down or thereabouts. And, and Zach, I've got to tell you, that was maybe the most egregious second yellow card I've ever seen, because I'm not even sure he touched him. Well, not only that, I thought the first yellow card was a bad yellow card to begin with. That was not, in my, my opinion, my professional unbiased opinion, as much as I'm trying to be unbiased here, that is not a yellow card. That is something that you go over to the player, you talk to them, say, hey, 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 none of this. Cut this out, or you're getting a yellow Give them a fair warning. The last, because you don't want to send any players off. You don't want to be the be on the face of every single paper in London, being like, "Oh, we're going like, oh, he decided to commandeer the game, like Matthew Perry." It's um. I'm ta- by the way, I'm talking about Commodore Matthew Perry, not Matthew Perry from Friends. <laughs> I need to make that clear for our listeners. Yeah, I'm just glad you made the distinction. Um, really, man. What what was interesting about that game, Zach, and what really stood out to me is when we went down to 10 men, we were clearly the best team on the pitch. We had the lion's share of possession. We created opportunities, but again, we did not have that, that killer instinct in the final third in order to put them away. We just need one moment of brilliance. I was very happy with the way our guys played in that game. Well, so it's funny. In the first half, we had 59% ball possession. In the second half, we went down to 47, which I'm actually very surprised considering the fact that we were down for a large chunk of um, – so it was the 67th minute. So we had about 20-plus minutes to play with 10, 10 players on the pitch. And we did a good, good enough job, I think, that given any other circumstance, we would be thrilled by it. But – like, we wouldn't be thrilled by it, but it, because it's Mike Dean and because it's Monday night and you're on the road, you, kn- you know that walking away with a point against Mike Dean is always a big accomplishment. And that's something that we should have held our, held, held, hold our heads high on and give ourselves a pat on the back. Now, there are a lot of things that we didn't do right for Nals. In the 90th plus three, when he had the chance with Hilaire and he, was, he had a wide open net. 
He had a wide open shot. It was clear as day. He tried to pass back to Allaire in the box with three defenders in front of him, and he hits the defender. You need to take that shot, kid. I know this is your first year in London and in the UK, but you need to take that shot. You need the killer instinct. If you want to stay on this team, you need to make goals or make something happen. And going back into a crowded area with the pass is not a smart idea. I, 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 get, I think I disagree with you on this front. Yes, I understand. But Fernals only came in with a very limited opportunity to impact the game. I think he only got to play 15 to 20 minutes in the match when he came on. What, what's concerning for me is it wasn't just Fernals. Lanzini had an opportunity. Haller had an opportunity. There were multiple guys that got into the box that had an opportunity to throw it at the net and didn't do it. Um, the one guy that was actually taking shots at the net, they weren't great, but at least he was making the goalkeeper at least catch the ball, was um, was our boy, you know, why did his name escape me at this moment, um, Yarmolenko. Yarmolenko at least found a couple opportunities to take a shot. Now, granted, they were half-assed, they weren't great, um, but it's frustrating, Zach. It is so frustrating because I can't blame one guy. I got to look at Lanzini. I got to look at Fornals. I got to look at Hilaire. I got to look at every, and even Philippe Anderson a couple of times trying to make that, that, that killer pass in the box wasn't able to do so. And it was one of those games, and I knew it in the first 10 minutes. We were not on our best, and I was curious. And I said this last week, can we win ugly? Can we? And it was an ugly match. And, you know, last year, Zach, we lose that game. We lose that game. We give yeah. up a stupid goal, and we lose that game. So there is improvement. We have, we got the draw, but I can't, I can't shit on Fornells. I, I like Fornells. I think he's a dangerous, dangerous player. Um, I think it's going to take time for him to get in the groove of, of English football. But really, he didn't play all that bad to me, especially the sample size on him is still way too small for me to sit there and say he can't hang. Okay, so when will a sample size be big enough? That's, that's my question to you. I think, I think he's got to get a run on the team. I think he's got to get a run in the team. I think he's got to start, and he's got to get a run. He's got to get a chance to get into the flow of the game. Uh, a lot of people think when you're a sub and you come on, it might be easier because you got fresh legs. Well, the problem is when you're a sub and you come on, you don't know the flow of the game. Yes, you're watching it, but you're not communicating out there in the guys. You don't understand exactly what is trying to happen. The game evolves throughout, and I, I can't, I cannot fault for nows for not having the ability – to impact the game in an effective way. And he's had such limited minutes, of course he's going to send a ball into a defender when he doesn't know how Allaire makes his runs. Like, he, he's, it's going to happen. And, of course, he's going to be a little timid to take a shot. I mean, what's the guy, 22 years old, 23? I mean, he's not very old. He's a very young player that's still learning in the game. He's full of raw talent. And I think I think we got to be patient with Fernals. That's just my honest opinion. Same thing with Yarmolenko. we got to be patient. I, I thought Yarmo played well at points in the game, but there was too many what I call um, – I call them – they were almost dyslexic-type type mistakes that he made. You know, it, it was almost like his mind was telling him to do one thing, but his body's doing another. And it just wasn't quite there. Uh, I mean, tell me, Zach. Be honest with me. Am I – Am I not looking the game rationally? Am I being crazy? Because I, I really feel like we we played well enough to win, but we didn't play well enough to win all at the same time. 
Well, if this if Mike Dean wasn't refing, this would be a completely different game. We probably would have walked out of there with a one nil win, and we probably would have gotten a goal late in the 80th minute. But because of Mike Dean and the Mike Dean effect, we end up losing. Well, not losing, but drawing. And it feels more like one of those: is this a good thing or a bad thing? We can't. It's a good thing that we walk away with the point, but at the same time. It's not a red card. And the worst part is that it's a second yellow, and a second yellow card can't be reviewed, even though it should be. And that... I still don't understand how he, think, how he thought that a dive by the opposing player was considered to be worthy of a second yellow. He barely touched him. We are... Um, for all of you listening right now, don't worry. We are going to let Mike Dean have it in our own ways. Um... Before we go negative, which we're about to do, Zach, we know it. Everybody can feel it. There's tension in the air. It's kind of like when my parents used to fight at the grocery store and mm-hmm. say, you know, things to each other. They were like, I think we should get the damn jelly. You know, and I, I knew I'm going to go to the toy aisle now. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the truth is this. Let's be positive for a couple of moments. How badass is Lucas Fabianski? Let's just be fanboys about it. How badass is Lucas Fabianski? He's going to be hammer of the year. If he keeps this up, he will be hammer of the year again. And that whole the whole punching the ball out and destroying the um, Villa player that was fantastic. I'm like shit. This guy's got a career in WWE after this. I, I'm just gonna go out and say it. You know, um, I think all all of Poland is watching Lucas Fabianski saying, if we had him back in 1941, I don't think the Germans are able to invade. I'm just saying, I don't know if World War II ever starts if Lucas Fabianski is in Warsaw. In 1941, I, I'm a firm believer of that. I mean, that's how great the guy is. He is absolutely incredible. He has transformed. Um, even in a, a even in poor games, he looks phenomenal. He's the best player on the pitch. Wow. I mean, just I can't say anything positive about him. Um, before we pop into Mike Dean, let's get real quick. What did you like from the game, Zach? What did you dislike? I like the fact that we walked away with the point. Um, it, going down to ten men for over 20 plus minutes in the second half is not an easy thing to do and to be able to keep it as tight as they did and to be able to continuously clear the ball out of the box and not let Ashton Villa set up anything really major or really threatening and to walk away with that point with on the road against a referee who should not be a professional referee is something that we should hold we should be applauding and we should be like what this is a this is year two of Pellegrini's three-year plan. Next year, that's going to be a win for us. So tell me this. What didn't you like in that game? And you can't say Mike Dean because we're going there. So what didn't you like? I didn't like the fact that we didn't get many – like, we could not – we only got one total shot on net. Only one. We really need – you can't win a game with only one shot on net. You need more. We need to get more balls on net. We need to stop making these cutesy little passes all the time. And we need to just – Gear up and drive the drive that sucker. And if we can hit the keeper really hard and make the ball bounce off of him and somebody's there to poach it, we got a goal. We got a goal. It's not a pretty goal, but it's a goal. I I couldn't agree with you more. I'm right around there. What I really liked is I think our defense is starting to come together. I don't remember Aston Villa having like a clear-cut, amazing opportunity where Fabianski bailed us out. I mean – I felt like most of their good shots were coming from well outside the 18, which is always going to be in Fabianski's favor. 
I, I like the way that that partnership is. I'm not ready to say I'm an Ogbonna fan. I'm not. Uh, you know how I feel about Blabuena. But um, I, I'm going to say that the last two games, he's done things that have made me start to go, okay, maybe Pellegrini's right. Maybe you should trust the process. What I didn't like, and I'm going to go ahead and set this up. What I didn't like was Mike fucking Dean. And from this point forward in the show, I'm going to use the F word every time I say Mike Dean. Fuck. Like, it's just going to come out. There's nothing I can do. If I say Mike Dean's name, fuck, then every time you're going to hear a fuck. Because Mike Dean, fuck, is a piece of fucking shit. And that's just the way it's going to be. So setting that up, um, I'm going to tell you right now, at this moment, I'm going to shut up because I'm excited for what you're going to say. I know you have a lot to say, but Zach, I want you to take it away. Tell me, how do you feel about Mike Dean? Mike Dean makes me drink. I swear to God, this man, he is the, like, you go out to a bar with him and you run up a $500 bill and you chug down the most expensive bottle of whiskey they have behind the bar. No, you chug down a bottle of Macallan, two bottles of Macallan 15 and a bottle of Macallan 12 on top of that. And he walks out on you on the bill saying that he's going to the bathroom. And he's out the, black, the back window. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, man. He's the type of guy that you go, that you go to the post office to, um, to, mail, to buy a couple stamps and mail some things. And the line's out the door and he buys literally all the stamps. Because he's just that big of an asshole. I have no idea what is wrong with him. I don't know if he has PTSD. I don't know if he has uh, CTE. I don't know if he's been traumatized as a child and he, he can't see. He looks, the way he calls games, it's like he doesn't care who wins or loses, which is what you're supposed to be in a, as a ref. But he doesn't care about the calls that he's making because the calls that he's making are absolute shit. I have seen better calls by zebras, legitimate zebras, and also drunk people calling their ex-wives. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I mean, if you're done, I'm going to take the floor. Do you have I'm anything else you'd like to say? All right, so here it goes. Ladies and gentlemen, please listen up. I'm going to break it down for you. We all have a problem with officers when they pull us over. We can't stand it when they pull us over when we're doing 36 and a 35 and they want to pull us over and tell us that we're speeding. It frustrates all of us. Um, it's not fun when you get pulled over by a cop because, you know, you don't like to be told that you're doing something wrong when, in fact, what you're actually doing is not technically wrong. But maybe by the letter of the law, going 36 and a 35 is a problem. You might be wondering where I'm going with this. If you ever notice, the badge of an officer says these lines on it. It says to serve and protect. Okay? That is their job. Their job is to serve you and protect you. Well, let's transition that to referees in soccer. Their job is to not impact the game. Do not decide the game. Don't do it. That's not your job. Your job is to maintain order and keep the game flowing. Keywords, flowing. I hooked it up, and I, you can uh, you can fact check me here, but here's the truth. No, the games that Mike Dean ref take longer than any other games in the EPL. Why? Because he stops play more than anybody else. He plays the fewest amount of advantages, and it's a very frustrating thing because Mike Dean has neglected to remember this one thing, Zach, and I'm telling you it is frustrating. Like an officer, you're supposed to serve and protect. 
A referee should not impact the game. That is the rule everybody knows, everybody lives by. Mike Dean loves to impact the game. And for some reason, he really loves to impact the game when it comes to West Ham United. He has screwed us more times than I care to know. I, I feel like at this point, he should be paying us for screwing us so much. And I think we should be charging top dollar because apparently he keeps coming back. So it must be some top end shit. So let's let's think about this for a minute. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Is our picture in the is? Do we have a tarot card by his residence or something that's in a phone booth? I have no idea. I'm just going to keep rolling here. <laughs> so the point is always going to be this, Mike Dean. When you give a yellow card, it is supposed to be a cautionary card. That is the job of that. That means you have to be 100% positive that that card is worth giving. Same thing comes into play when you want to give a second yellow card because just like a kid in a classroom that is told not to chew gum and gets caught chewing gum again, then there's a consequence. You get the red card, you get sent off. That's how it's supposed to work, but not with Mike Dean. Mike Dean trusts his gut a little too much, and he says, oh, that's clearly a foul. Without consulting anyone, without talking Oh, his wife's unhappy, Zach, because he doesn't communicate. He doesn't talk about problems. He doesn't bring people in. There's a reason you have side judges. There's a reason there's a ref, uh, fourth referee. He could have consulted anyone before he made that decision, and he chose not to. He reached for his cards, and it was notable when Mark Noble walked up to him and tried to talk to him within reason, and Mike Dean gave him the fucking bug eyes. This is one of the situations I'm always going to tell you, Zach, is going to piss me off. When you make a decision to impact the game and you become the star, your job as a referee has not been done. If I know your name, that's not good. And everybody knows Mike Dean's name. It's kind of like Cheers, except in a bad way. <laughs> I, I, I had to get that off my chest. Mike Dean, fuck. God, see, it just comes out. I don't know why, but it does. Uh, Mike Dean, fuck, is just one of those people that I think, I mean, let's be honest, if he were your friend, he would be that friend that your mom told you you had to be friends with. Yeah. You know, that that's what he is. And so, uh, you know, I, I pray for Mike Dean's wife every night. I do not pray for him. I pray that she comes to terms with who she is and she eventually walks out and leaves him and marries somebody that's worth her while yes i hope that this gets back to mike dean and yes i hope i get banned from going to any mike dean ref games that's how i feel about it fuck mike dean i honestly don't understand how with all the complaints that have been made in the media and all the complaints that have been made by the talking heads and the players and the coaching staff about mike dean and how poor he is how does the fa continue to put him out every single week and be like oh mike dean is a is a ref that is of good standing with the fa and can ref games he's not he is simply not if they were to review the films he shouldn't be like in the nhl playoffs last year um game yeah game six of the brown one uh, hurricanes cap series there was a huge issue and whoever was the whoever was the referee team in that series was Prevented for, because they did such a poor job, was prevented for, from going further in the playoffs, and this happened multiple times in the NHL playoffs this this past year. But stuff like this needs to be the FA needs to say, yeah, you can't 
cannot be doing this. You need, you're gone. We need somebody else that knows the game and can decides that he does not want to influence it and does not want to commandeer it for his for their own personal. Um, what's this? The puppets on the string things. Their own puppet show. Let's go with that. Marionette. That's it. Damn it. Look, I I can't I can't disagree with you, Zach. But I mean, the the. The FA keeps putting him out there because referees are like judges in America. The only way that they lose office is when they die. And it's sad to say that, but that, that's really the truth when it comes to FIFA referees. You know, it's very hard because they are protected upon high. And, you know, he can be relegated to doing championship games, but that's never going to last. Um, you know, there's, believe it or not, there's a lot worse refs than Mike Dean. Um, I'm sure, but for some reason, Mike Dean and West Ham are oil and water. They don't mix. It, it, Mike Dean just reminds me of a little kid that fakes an injury, and then when you say you're going for ice cream, magically he's okay, and he wants to be a part of it because he's an attention whore. He needs the attention on him, and that's what I cannot stand about Mike Dean is you should not be the center of attention. I should not know your name. You should be controlling the game and keeping play going, not stopping it and becoming the life of the party when you are nowhere near a party. So it's very frustrating in that sense. And it, oh, Mike fucking Dean, God damn it. Look, well, all right, here we go. Let, let's just move on to something better here. We, we got a big game on Sunday, Zach. It's a big one. It's a top six club. They're coming to the London Stadium. We take on Manchester United, and they're up and down right now. It's a, it's a perfect striking opportunity for us. So there's a big question coming on, thanks to Mike Dean. Fuck you. Uh, a big giant question because of Mike Dean, fuck, uh, that really – who do we start at left back? Masawaku is now gone. So you really have three options, okay? You have Aaron Cresswell, who has kind of always been there for us. You have the uprising star in Ben Johnson. And then you have the old wise man in Pablo Zabaleta, who normally plays right back, but has been known to switch over and play left back in a pinch when he's needed, which this would be that time. So I pose this question to you, Zach. Who do you start at left back against United? The answer is none of the above. You build in a turret underground, and when they have the ball on the left side, you hit them with a beanbag. <laughs> well, uh, unfortunately, I don't think that we can pull that off, but if we do, kudos to you, and I'm going to ask for the lottery numbers next week if that happens. But in all honesty, who do you pick between those three? Um. Well, I, first off, that w I was just being really funny. That that came to me. That bit came to me in the shower, and I was like, "This is gold. This is gold. Run with it, Zach. Run with it." But, anyways, so my thought is to state to start Zabaleta. Let Zabaleta be Zabaleta. Let's see how well that works. If it doesn't work, we can have start. If it doesn't work all too well, we can have Rice start to cheat over to that side and start to help him out that way, and see if that does anything. If not, then we're going to definitely need to put Cresswell in or put Johnson in. I know this is where we would put Antonio in if he was healthy, but he's not a good left back. And this is why in the transfer market, we need a backup, a legitimate backup left back because this is not, we cannot, it's great to have a top, top person, but after a top person, you need a backup. If you don't have a backup, you are SOL. And right now we're SOL. I, I think the answer is simple, Zach. Um, trust the process. You go young, you go Ben Johnson. And the reason you go Ben Johnson is if you really believe he's the future, then you go with him. 
you uh, make the decision to put him in there, let him uh, make his mistakes. You've got, you know, you've got Diop, and it looks like it's going to be Ogbana again back there, which worries me because I'd feel better with the general back there. But um, I think you go Ben Johnson. We know what Aaron Cresswell is. We do. We know what Aaron Cresswell is. Um, and the reason I don't go Zabaleta is because you need attributes out there on the field. Zabaleta, I would if this would have happened going into Aston Villa, I'd say Zabaleta. But going into Manchester United with the speed they can throw forward, you got to go speed on speed, and you got to go with Ben Johnson, and you got to say I'm willing to take that mistake. But Ben Johnson is the correct choice to go at left back because. If we are going to progress as a team, we have to develop our talent. If Ben Johnson's the man, go with Ben Johnson. Well, see, I would have liked to have started Ben Johnson on Tuesday or whenever we play Oxford United uh, in the AFL Cup just to give him some time in. Same thing with Fornell. Start Fornells. Um, start Roberto. Get some of the guys who normally sit on the bench a chance to come in, rest our starters a bit, beat Oxford United, move forward. Uh, let's see what they can do together. But it's – but then again, we have the – I mean, I'm going right into my Zach attack here. But we don't know what Manchester United we're going to be seeing. Keep in mind, this is the same Manchester – like, let's look at the last couple matches. Uh, 1-0 will at, win at Leicester. Um, a tie with Southampton. A loss to Crystal Palace in the most hilarious of fashion. A draw with Wolves. Um, and a 4-0 victory at Manchester United. So let's play the Wheel of Manchester United. Step on down, Tex. Spin the wheel. Come on. Come on. Spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. No worries. No worries. Big money. We don't know what we're going to get. We honestly have no idea what we're going to get. Are we going to get a good Manchester United team or are we going to get a bad Manchester United team? We don't know. What And what's uh, Sergison going to do? Is he going to actually show up and try to manage a team or is he just going to be looking there bug-eyed and go, what am I doing? I want to go back home. I want to go back to Norway or wherever Scandinavia you're from. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say they want to go back to Norway, but then again, you do. Um, look, I, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, Manchester United are up and down. We, you're right. We don't know what we're going to see. So that leads us into our prediction time. I mean, let, let's ask our, let's ask a question here, Zach. How do you see this game going? Remember, it is at the London Stadium. We are short Arthur Masawaku, which means that we lose a creative player down that left side. Um, it looks to me like, like Pellegrini has found the 11 he wants to go with. Um, despite a formation change, it probably is going to be the same team going out there with a different left back. So what do you think the final score will be? I honestly have no earthly clue because Manchester United is so streaky lately and they just can't be consistent on anything. It's pathetic. For a team like a team with the payroll of Manchester United and the history of Manchester United, they should at least have some level of consistency in every single game, and they shouldn't be losing to Crystal Palace and beating Chelsea for nothing. And that's pathetic. That is absolutely pathetic. You can, how do you expect to be one of the top clubs in the world and you lose to fucking Crystal Palace? You you just can't. You just can't. And so. If we have a bad Manchester United team, I easily I could see us winning one nothing, two nothing. Um, but then again, if we're facing a good Manchester United team who is exposing our left back mishaps, then we're going to lose this game. But if whoever we put in our left back starts to show up and be strong and be the brick wall we need them to be for the game, then we should be fine and we should be able to squeak out a win. So what what do you got as the final score, Zach? 
I just say this is one of those catch twenty twos. We're either gonna have they're gonna be winning or we're gonna lose, and I can't tell which because I don't know what Manchester United we're gonna be able to see in the first ten minutes. I'll know. It's either we're gonna win two two nothing or we're gonna lose two one. Ladies and gentlemen, Zach, once again, trying to take all the predictions. So I'm going to go ahead and say this. I, I, I see a draw. I hate I hate picking against West Ham. I'm a fan, which is short for fanatic, which means that I always think my team's going to win. But, you know, I, I, I said something at the beginning of the season. We should beat the teams we're supposed to beat. Um, well, that means we should get points on the road and we have a top six side at home, we don't lose. And so I'm a believer. I think we get a draw. I think the final score in this game is 2-2. I think that we are good enough to get a couple of goals, but I think Manchester United, when a mistake is made, they are going to capitalize and get a goal. But I see Manchester United in the game, to be honest with you, Zach, in chase mode. I think we score the first one and we score the third one and they get the second and the fourth ends up being a 2-2 draw. Who is uh, your goal scorers for West Ham United? Um, I doubt, I really see um, Hilaire getting getting one. I'm um, getting a really nice, clean, um, give and go sort of situation that he's been getting a lot of um, success with. Um, and also, I I think Lanzini's going to show up on the score sheet this week. I, I agree with you on Lanzini 100%. But Philippe Anderson has been playing too good. I think he gets a goal this game. And I think they're going to be aware of Sebastian Heller. I think they'll uh, they'll definitely mark him. But when they mark him, you're going to leave space for Lanzini and Philippe Anderson. And I think those are the two goal scorers for West Ham United. Um, who is your man of the match, Zach Attack? Fabianski. Fabianski is going to keep us into this game and is going to be the reason why um, this game is it's going to be as tight as it is especially with our left side being completely exposed as it is. I'm going Philippe Anderson because I got that Philippe feeling, baby. And I'm telling you right now, I think Philippe Anderson is – he's in the zone. He's playing well. He looks dangerous. I think he's the guy that's going to get the call there. Um, so there you have it. Uh, Zach has multiple predictions, a 2-1 or a loss. Uh, and Tex is going with a 2-2 draw. So uh, make sure you tune in and call us out for our bullshit because you know how smart we actually are. Mm-hmm. We're not. Mm-hmm. So uh, real quick here, we're going to always close the show. What is your yellow card from the game and what is your red card from the match against Aston Villa? So I just say I really don't have a – well, a yellow card goes to um, Aston Villa for um, – for the fact that they were fighting with themselves in the 34th minute. Are you kidding me? Fighting with yourselves? You know that's an automatic red, right? Take all that shit that goes on behind the scenes and leave it behind the scenes. We do not need to see it on the field. Ever. What about your red card? The red card actually is going to VAR. <laughs> Hold on. The man who loves VAR is red carding VAR. Tell me why. So I'm recording the operative um, against for the Norwich match. The, um, the FA came out and said that VAR was wrong and Alaire should have been given a penalty versus Norwich. Well, I think everybody in the world knew that. But yeah. unfortunately, unfortunately, you know, we're West Ham, so we're not going to get those damn calls. Well, and unfortunately, being, being awarded a penalty after a match is kind of like ending a, like going out of a football game with three timeouts. What do you do with them? Do you hang them up on your wall when you're done? No, nothing. So it's pointless. 
All right. Well, I'll make it quick since we're running out of time. My yellow card goes to the attacking force of West Ham United. You did a great job getting in there, but you've got to finish. You've got to have the killer instinct. You've got to make the key pass, and you've got to not have your your asshole so tight. You need to be more loose butthole and fucking put goals because I'm sick and tired of watching us fall apart on our face, looking like we're lost children in the freaking Michael MJ Design store, not knowing where our mom is and freaking out and having to go ask, have them uh, radioed over the big phone. Like, it's very frustrating, Zach. My red card goes to the one and only, the legend himself, Mike Dean. Fuck. So right there, Mike Dean Fuck is the guy who gets my red card. And I hope that Mike Dean Fuck never has to rep a West Ham game again so we don't have to talk about Mike Dean Fuck. That is pretty much the way I feel. I hope to God you're right, but I know that that's not going to happen. I know it's going to – he's going to somehow end up – Roughing a very important game for us later in the season, and we're going to be screaming about it later in the season. Well, at least we know we'll have some content for that show. <laughs> <laughs> well, as always, this has been Episode 7 of American Hammers Radio. As always, we want to say thank you to the American Hammers family, also Tim and Lee for providing us this platform on this network. For Zach, I am Tex. I want to say one more time, Thank you so much, and come on, you irons.